0: Hey, UK, you are about to get forced into a digital currency. And believe me, you don't want it. You're going to get it whether you like it or not. And if you think you folks in the U.S. are exempt, (laughs) think again. Uh, What else? Left-wing social engineering. Mm, Yeah. And how can you be a nonconformist and look like everybody else? Mm, Yeah, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That's me, uh, Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Yeah, it's Wednesday night here in Malaysia. And uh, we got a lot going on tonight. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and of course our main channel at Rumble.com. Picked up some new subscribers over at Rumble. Thank you so much Really appreciate that. If you don't have a free account at Rumble, go sign up for one, rumble.com. It's absolutely free. It's a alternative to YouTube. In fact, I think it's better. And uh, you will always find us in all of our shows, our whole library of shows there. Just look up Jay Sheldon or The Jay Sheldon Show. Click subscribe, and off you go to the races. You're good. All right, we got all those stories and more coming up. But most importantly of all is our little lady. Miko Update. (laughs) Yeah, the Miko Update. She's doing great. She was not having it tonight, though. Uh, We were giving her, we've got one of these flea combs. And we go through every now and then. Because, you know, she's out. She's walking around in the yard. There's cats and neighborhood animals here and there so we've got to keep an eye on her for that and indeed today we found a couple of fleas she hasn't had a bath in like three or four weeks because she's on her cycle and it's really not a good idea to give a dog a bath when they're in heat so hopefully she's coming to the end of it by the way Hopefully, we'll be able to get her in the bath and get her the flea shampoo and take care of the problem. But for now, this was her earlier tonight, about an hour ago, and uh, she was getting her flea combing, and as you can see from the teeth, she wasn't exactly happy. <laughs> there we go. All right. That's, uh, that's our Miko update, which is brought to you by the good folks at... BarkBox.com. BarkBox.com is a subscription service and every month you'll get a themed box of goodies and treats and toys for your pooch. This company is amazing. They are so good. If you use our special link, which is BarkBox.com slash Miko, you'll get a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. You can just sign up for one month. You get one box. That's it. Trust me, once you get one box, you'll be right back on the site signing up for a multi-month subscription. Six months, 12 months, and if you use our special link, BarkBox.com Miko, M-I-K-O, you'll get a free extra month. You'll get a BarkBox every month coming to your door. It's available in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada at the moment. They don't ship internationally, but you could use a shipping forwarding service, or maybe you have a friend in the States who could... Send it to them. They'll send it to you. Anyway, you get uh, dog toys, three or four toys every month. They're great, and they're themed. Uh, You'll get a few bags of uh, dog treats, which are all natural, good for you. You can also specify when you order if your dog has any allergies to chicken, fish, beef, whatever it is, and they'll make sure you don't get that. And, of course, a dog chew also, one of those in the bark box every month. Each one is themed. It's fantastic. If you are ever not satisfied with something, you get a hold of customer service. They have a 100% guarantee they will make it right. And they are very good about it. You see lots of testimonials. The site is BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O to get our special offer. And uh, check it out. Go check out the site itself. Look around and uh, check out their monthly themes and uh, sign up for an account. Sign up for a bark box and you will love it. And so will your doggie. <laughs> uh, we love bark box around here. All right. Uh, let's see. We got lots going on tonight, including a rather frightening story. It's out of the UK, but uh, that's all right because after this. I will share with you a link that shows you in the U.S. you're not far behind. This is from Reclaim the Net. Love this site. Reclaim the Net UK to outline steps for a government-controlled digital currency by the end of the year. Here we go, folks. I have warned you about this. We've talked about this time and time and time again. The dangers of a digital currency. You saw what happened in Canada with the little Hitler Trudeau. If you don't have access to cash, if you don't have control of your money, and the government does, you say something they don't like, you buy something they don't like, they can shut you off. Just like that. And you're screwed. We are actively exploring the issuance of a digital native pound sterling. If you're tired of censorship, cancel culture, and the erosion of privacy and civil liberties, check out Reclaim the Net site. Fantastic reporting over there. UK will release a consultative report containing the next steps proposed for its potential government-controlled central bank currency by the end of this year. UK folks, please fight back against this. Please do everything you can in your power to stop this invasion from happening. The report issued, but will be issued by the Bank of England, the UK government-owned central bank, UK treasury, government branch that develops and implements financial and economic policies uh, it was announced by Sir John Cunliffe Bank of England's deputy governor of financial stability and yeah, stability as uh, speech was rather light on specifics but it indicated the Bank of England and other UK government entities plan to impose more restrictions on cryptocurrencies, as they move forward with their work on a government-controlled digital pound. The link to this article is in our show notes. It's got a lot of details about the dangers of a digital currency controlled by the government. And there are, just trust me, you do not want to be involved in this. Well, that's the UK. What about the US? Coming up right behind. This is from Reuters. Bank giants and New York Fed start a 12 week digital dollar pilot. It's happening, folks. It's happening. Global banking giants are starting a 12 week digital dollar pilot with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Participants announced Tuesday. Citigroup HSBC, MasterCard, and Wells Fargo among the financial companies taking part in this experiment alongside the New York Fed's Innovation Center. They said in the statement, the project, which is called the Regulated Liability Network, will be conducted in a test environment and use simulated data, according to the New York Fed. The pilot will test how banks use digital dollar tokens in a common database, which can help speed up payments. You see, that's what they're going to do. They're going to sell this to you idiots who, you know, oh, just lap it up. Yes. Oh, convenient. How nice. They're going to sell it on the convenience factor. You don't have to carry cash. Everything is on your card. Everything is in your digital wallet. You just wave yourself and you pay yourself through and all your money is right there. Until you want to go to a gun shop, maybe, or you want to say something online the government doesn't agree with. And then they take your little digital dollar and they go and shut it off. And you are screwed. And there is nothing you can do about it. I'm telling you. Day will come when you look back at the show, November 23rd, 2022, and say, you know what? He was right. Read the rest of this article. It's from Reuters. It's scary. It is extremely scary stuff that uh, if I don't know how you fight back against it, call your senator, call your congressman, or call your representative if you're in the uk and tell them you have no interest in this crap all right this is from the blaze blaze media it's a fascinating article and uh, anonymous tip line exposes hundreds of instances of left-wing social engineering in military training Now, we all know how screwed up the U.S. military is thanks to that idiot Biden, that moron in the White House. This, according to Senator Tom Cotton, an anonymous tip line exposed left-wing social engineering in the Biden administration's military training. Uh, Tom Cotton, Arkansas, said on Tuesday, Cotton reacted to a report released Monday from Florida's Senator Marco Rubio and Texas Rep. Chip Roy that uncovered instances of woke agendas being pushed in military training. We already know how much of this crap is going on with Miley and all those idiots not concentrating on making what was the finest fighting force on the planet, but in worrying about being woke what your pronouns are. The Arkansas senator said on America's Newsroom Tuesday, he partly attributed the military's low recruitment numbers. They are, by the way, they are terrible. They have huge percentage less people signing up than they ever used to, and mostly because of this crap. Low recruitment numbers, they attributed it to the Extreme ideology, detailed in the report. We established our own anonymous tip line last year, and we were flooded, he said, with hundreds of instances of inappropriate training sessions or other kinds of commentary or misplaced priorities in the United States military. 18-page report from Rubio and Roy called Woke Warfighters argued that critical race theory, sex reassignment surgeries, and the promotion of XYZ within the military are weakening America's fighters. You just got to know it's the truth. The report exampled an instance where an admiral at the Navy Academy allegedly told midshipmen to read how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Oh, please. Another instance mentioned in the report involved a professor at the Air Force Academy who wanted to teach students that racism was ingrained in the system from the beginning of America's founding. Also stated that cadets at West Point were asked to address whiteness in order to understand racial inequality and slavery. Our military's singular purpose is to provide for the common defense of our nation. The report said it cannot be turned into a left-wing social experiment. Truer words. Read the rest of this article. Links in our show notes tonight. It's from uh, it's from The Blaze and it's got a lot of eye-opening stuff in it i'm telling you things need to stop all these little woke hipsters oh yeah speaking of hipsters (laughs) people so pride themselves in trying to be non-conformists you know what i mean i i have a feeling it's going to be off behind my picture yeah it is a bit I can't move that. So anyway, this is a great article. It's from BigThink.com. We love that site. And thank you, Zane, for sharing it. It's where I saw the uh, post originally on Zane's Facebook account. Why nonconformists always end up looking alike. Anticonformists have a rather odd way of always winding up looking like, like each other. You, see, you can see a little bit of that picture there on the top. A Brandy's mathematician looked at how this synchronicity occurs. Nonconformist conformity. We're here for a short time. We like to think that we matter. I'm not just one more person. I'm different. Well, that's true. And also, it's not true. We're very much like one another, although the particular details of our lives are, of course, rather unique. Still, particularly in the Western world, we like to be seen as separate from, or maybe better than, the herd. Many of us go out of our way to look different than them, declaring our uniqueness in our appearance. You know, pink hair, pussy hats... Big growth of beard. So how come so many individual anti-conformists end up looking exactly alike? Yeah, here you go. It's called the hipster effect. And a study from Brandeis University mathematician explains how it happened. Not just an issue of fashion. As Tabool tells Technology Review, beyond the choice of the best suit to wear this winter... This study may have important implications in understanding the synchronization of nerve cells, investment strategies in finance, or emergent dynamics in social science, some bigfalutin words. It is amazing when you look at this study and you look at the math and the science behind it, and it explains why. Uh, It also bears saying Thibault's modeling isn't really just about hipsters. It's about the manner in which any group of people suddenly decide to act in lockstep, contrary to the mainstream. One example he mentions would be the stock market, in which a number of investors may suddenly conclude there's money to be made in acting contrary to the majority attitude. A deeper understanding of the dynamics underlying these events, with new research hopefully will provide and would be obviously helpful. This is absolutely amazing. Read this whole article. It's fantastic. So if you are one of the nonconformists and yet you find yourself looking and acting like all the rest of the nonconformists, are you really a nonconformist? Yeah, I don't think so. It's a cool article. you've gotta check it out. It's, uh, it's fascinating. I right. People are stupid, I swear. And we've got proof of that. This also is from the Blaze. <laughs> oh yeah, take a look at this guy. This is fascinating. Doesn't exactly look like the sharpest tool in the shed? Well, he's not. This guy robbed the bank. He didn't just rob the bank. He wrote a note to the teller saying, you know, give me all your money. I have a gun or whatever. And he wrote this note on the back of his birth certificate. (laughs) Yeah, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Thief scribbles note on his own birth certificate to rob bank, then, through the stolen money, out the window. A, a Missouri man has pled guilty to a federal charge after he confessed to stealing less than $1,000 man, from an area bank by writing a demand note on his own birth certificate. Couldn't he have found a piece of paper? A criminal complaint stated on the morning of July 20th, <laughs> oh, man. Michael Conley Lloyd, age 30, walked into the Bank of America in Springfield, Missouri, wearing a gray cut-off T-shirt with blue gym shorts and an orange shoe on his right foot. I don't know what was on his left foot. He passed a demand note to an unidentified teller. According to reports, the note was written in pink highlighter. It said, Give me your money now. Don't say anything. I have a partner outside. The fearful teller then handed Lloyd $754. He took the money and the demand note, turned away from the teller counter, and exited the west entrance of the Bank of America. He then drove away with his roommate's black Dodge Ram truck. However, Lloyd got cold feet when he saw several police vehicles with sirens blazing drive into the bank. He threw all the stolen money and his birth certificate and another form of ID out of the truck window. (laughs) Such an idiot. Lloyd uh, supposedly texted his unnamed roommate and asked her to report the truck stolen and to listen to the police scanner. The roommate's boyfriend then called police, and Lloyd was soon apprehended at his home in Lazy Acres Mobile Home Park, just a few miles from the bank. He had changed into other clothes, maybe he put on two shoes also. At the time, Lloyd was also wearing an ankle monitor related to another offense. And a tracking company confirmed that his ankle monitor, which traces everywhere he goes, (laughs) was inside the bank. (laughs) He confessed to the crime, saying he'd done it to prove a point. However, as several outlets noted, the point he was trying to make to his lover Ashley remains rather unclear. He pled guilty to one count of bank robbery and now faces 20 years in prison. A $250,000 fine. It is unclear when he is scheduled to be sentenced. There he is. Nice job, buddy. We salute you. Yes. Very nice. I love these stories. (laughs) It just doesn't take a rocket science, does it? (laughs) Unbelievable. All right. (laughs) We got one more to go before we get onto our book here. And it's a cool one. If you, uh, you know, we do our Miko update uh, every show in the beginning. And I found this from Big Think. It's a rather cool article. If you have a fur friend, if you have a Miko in your life, uh, I don't have to tell you how much you love your animals. But there is some science that's rather interesting. You know, my significant other gets home around six thirty seven o'clock. By then, I've taken Miko for a walk, and we go out and have dinner. But every night before we go, we always give her a pet, Tell her we love her. Tell her we'll be back soon. I know she doesn't understand. But we always do make sure we pay her some attention before we go. Well, there is some science behind that. And I thought you'd find this interesting. The link to this is in our show notes. Science says you should pet your dog before you leave. A new study explores how your dog does when you're not home. Just exactly how dogs... How upset are dogs when we leave? Well, a new study finds that dogs spend time looking for us after we're gone. The experiment also found that dogs are more relaxed when we give them an affectionate, gentle pet before we leave. Between the heart-trending sad eyes when we leave and the explosion of happiness when we return, many dog owners reasonably wonder what happens in between. Well, the physical evidence suggests nothing really bad happens, outside of the occasional chewed slipper, maybe. But it's nonetheless clear our dogs would prefer not to be left behind. And a new study from researchers at the Universities of Pisa and Perugia in Italy confirms canines do not exhibit signs of extreme upset while we're gone. But the scientists found that dogs have an easier time emotionally when, before we leave, we give them a nice, gentle pet, some affection, some nice words. Oh, look at that. The researchers conducted experiments with 10 healthy dogs between 1 and 11 years old and without unusual attachment issues. You know, some dogs are strangely attached more than normal to their owners. Six were spayed females. Four were neutered males. The group was composed of seven mixed breeds, one Labrador retriever, one Havawart, whom I've never heard of, and one Chihuahua. They tested, the tests were done in an outdoor fenced-in area, and they were videotaped. Zaidi liked the stream. Hey, Zaidi, good to see you. Hello there. Thank you for the like. All right. Anyway, they videotaped this for later analysis, and the owners walked their leash dogs into the fence area. They were greeted by the researcher, and then they measured the dog's heartbeat using a phonendoscope and then quickly departed. Each dog was tested twice. In the first test, called the NGT, no gentle touch, the owner and the test leader chatted for a minute, essentially ignored the dog for the second wgt with gentle touch the owner petted the dog during the one minute when they chatted with the test leader in both tests the brief chat the owner handed the leash to test leader hid behind a shed for 3 minutes at a distance considered too far for the dog to pick up the owner's scent The dog was free to move around the enclosure to the extent that the one and a half meter leash allowed. And they spent a significant amount of time looking for their owner. In three minutes, they searched between 84.5 and 87.5 seconds. Now, after the separation, the team leader called the owner over and the leash was handed off. After 15 minutes of light activity, The dog's saliva was tested for the presence and level of stress hormone, cortisol. All dogs took part in both tests separately. Tests were spaced five to nine days apart. And they found that when the dogs had been petted before the owner left, there was a more relaxed demeanor during the separation. The canine's heart rates were tested before and after. They may have been elevated from the start. After the test, the dog's heart rates were unchanged by the separation. That's with the no gentle touch. With the gentle touch test, the dog's heart rates actually went down. And the cortisol levels, stress level in the saliva, were the same after both tests. The study suggests it is a good idea to get in the habit of building a little extra departure time for your buddy every time you plan to leave the house. Just give a couple of minutes, spend a little time, pet your dog, let them know that you'll be right back. I know they don't understand, but your comforting words would help, and your dog will be happier for it. If you want to read this whole article, which I pretty much just did, you can uh, check out the link in our show notes tonight. It is in there. It's one of the last links before all of our promotional stuff is in there. Down below. All right. Cool beans. Nice. Oh, yeah. I did want to play this. You know, when we were talking about digital currency, I forgot that I had this all queued up. You got to see this. This is from to Times. It's a Twitter post. I bookmarked it. Hang on. Let me uh, open up the audio, which is going to double, double my, my voice for a, a second. second. But if you think this whole digital currency thing not going to affect you, take a look at this. I went from being a multi-billionaire to not being able to use my Apple Pay four nights ago. I couldn't use my Apple Pay because somehow Adidas was able to legally go in and freeze my money. And when I see this, I think, well, if this could happen to me, this could happen to other Americans. And for what? You know, this can happen to an American that didn't even steal anything, that didn't even hurt anyone. This could just happen to you for saying the wrong idea out loud, for expressing yourself. That's That's exactly right. right. That's what I'm talking about. That's the scary part. That from Dawn of the Times. Adidas went in and froze his account for saying the wrong thing. I know it goes all the way back to the beginning of our show, but that is a critical link. If you want to follow this guy, at Donda Times on on Twitter. Absolutely scary stuff, and it is happening. It is going to happen if you allow this digital currency crap to continue. You must, must do everything you can to fight against this and make sure this digital currency crap doesn't happen. All right. Enough of the heavy stuff. It's time for our book. <laughs> we, uh, we read books on this show. We've done it from almost the very beginning. 291 streams ago. Wow. 300's coming up next week, week after. How about that? Hey, by the way, tomorrow is uh, Thanksgiving in the U.S. So a happy Thanksgiving to all of our U.S. viewers. Uh, okay, where are we going? We're going to our book, which is Bambi, written by Felix Salton, originally in German. Uh, the story has been amazing. We're at Chapter 15. Bambi's all grown up and totally in love with Faline, And uh, the book is really following along pretty well with the uh, Disney animation way back in the 60s. All right, so let's get into it. It is the story of Bambi, Chapter 15. The forest was steaming under the burning sun. Ever since it had risen, it'd been drinking all the clouds out of the sky, even the tiniest wisps. And now it rained alone in the expanse of blue made pale by the heat. Over the meadows and the treetops, the air shimmered in glassy, transparent waves like it does above a flame. Not a leaf moved, not a blade of grass. The birds remained silent. They sat hidden in the shade of the leaves and didn't move from the spot. All the paths and lanes through the clearings were empty as no animal was moving anywhere. The forest lay motionless in the dazzling light, as if in flame. The earth breathed, the trees, the bushes, and the animals breathed in the weighty luxury of this heat, and Bambi slept. He'd spent a happy night, and into the light of morning, romping with Faline. It was such bliss that he even forgot to eat, but that was because he'd tired himself out so much he didn't even feel any hunger, his eyes fell shut. He'd just gone into the middle of the undergrowth, where he stopped, laid himself down, and fell straight to sleep. The junipers, inflamed by the sun, threw out a bitter, sharp smell. The fine aroma from the young dampness rose into his head and exhilarated him as he slept and gave him new strength. Suddenly, he woke up and felt confused. Was that not Faline calling out? Bambi looked around. In his memory, he could still see her as he stood there close by the hawthorns and picking off the leaves while he lay down. He thought she would stay there beside him, but now she was gone. She had probably become tired of being alone and was now calling for him to come and find her. As Bambi listened, he wondered how long he could have been asleep and how many times Faline could have called. He couldn't work it out. His head was still dull behind the veil of sleep. Then the call came again. Bambi swung around suddenly to face the direction the sound came from. There it was again. He was suddenly cheerful. He felt wonderfully refreshed, felt he'd rested long enough, felt strengthened, and felt immensely hungry. He heard the call again loud and clear. As fine as a gentle songbird, yearning and tender. Come, come. Yes, that was her voice. It was Feline. Bambi rushed from where he was with such urgency the thin twigs on the bushes broke and their hot green leaves merely rustled. But while he was jumping, he had to stop and throw himself to one side. There stood the elder blocking his way. The only thing seething in Bambi was his love. He didn't care about the elder any more. He would certainly come across him again sometime, but now he had no time for this old gentleman, however venerable they might be. All he could think of now was Feline. He made a perfunctory greeting and wanted to get quickly past him. "'Where are you going?' the elder asked seriously. Bambi was slightly ashamed, wondered how he could talk his way out of it, but then he regained his senses and answered honestly. "'To her!' "'Don't go,' said the elder. For a second, a spark of anger rose up in Bambi. "'Just one, no, not go to Faline?' How could the elder expect that of him? I'll just run away, thought Bambi, and he quickly looked at the elder, but the depth of the gaze directed at him from the elder's dark eyes held him where he was. He shook with impatience, but he did not run away. She's calling for me, he said by way of explanation. He said it in a way that was clearly pleading. Don't get in my way. No, said the elder. She is not calling for you. The sound came again, loud and clear, like a bird song. Come. Again now, shouted Bambi as he became more cross. Listen to me. I'm listening, the elder nodded. Goodbye, then, Bambi threw himself curtly. But the elder commanded, stay here. What is it you want, then, shouted Bambi out of control. Let me go. I haven't got time for this. Please, if Faline is calling for me, you must be able to see. I'm telling you, said the elder, that is not Feline. Bambi was puzzled. But but I recognize her voice. I I can hear it quite clearly. Listen to me, the elder continued. The call came again. The ground was burning under Bambi's feet. Later, I'll come back, he implored. No, the elder said sadly. You would not come back. Not ever. The call came again got to go i've got to bambi was beginning to entirely lose control of himself all right then the elder explained still in command but the two of us will go there together quickly said bambi and ran ahead no go slowly the elder now commanded in a voice that left bambi with no choice but to obey You stay behind me, step by step. The elder began to move forward. Bambi followed behind him, impatient and sighing. Listen, said the elder without stopping. However many times you hear that call, do not move from my side. If it is Feline, then we'll find her soon enough. But it is not, Faline. Don't let it tear you away from me. It all depends on whether you trust me or not. Bambi did not dare to contradict him and remained silent. The elder walked forward slowly, and Bambi followed. Oh, how skilled the elder was in knowing how to walk. No sound came from under his hooves. Not a leaf moved, no twig cracked. In this way, the elder crept through the dense undergrowth, slid his way through the tangle of ancient bushes. Bambi could only be amazed. He had to admire the elder despite his feverish impatience. He had never realized it was possible to go forward in this way. The call came again and again. The elder stopped, listened, and nodded his head. Bambi stood near him, shaking with yearning, tortured by what he had to do, and understanding nothing. The elder stopped several times without the call having been heard. He would throw his head up high, listen, and nod. Bambi heard nothing. The elder turned away from the direction the call was coming. He was going to approach it in a curve, And that made Bambi very angry. The call came over and again, and at last they were getting nearer, nearer still, then very near. The elder whispered, Whatever you see now, don't move. Do you hear? Pay attention to everything I do, and you do exactly the same. Be careful. And don't panic. A few steps further on, there came suddenly that sharp, stimulating smell that Bambi knew so well, strong in his nose. It was so strong that he nearly cried out. He stood there as if nailed to the ground. His heart suddenly began to beat so hard he could feel it in his throat, The elder stood relaxed next to him. He showed the direction with his eyes. There. But there stood he. He stood quite close nearby, pressed against the trunk of an oak tree, covered in hazel bushes, and the gentle call could be heard. Come, come. All that could be seen was his back. His face was very unclear and could only be seen at all when he turned his head slightly to one side. Bambi was so completely confused, so shocked, that he only slowly came to understand. He was standing there. It was him who'd been imitating Faline's voice. It was him who'd been whistling, "'Come!' Come. A pale horror ran through all of Bambi's limbs. The thought of flight came up from his heart and pulled at him, tugged at him. Keep still, the elder prompted, commanded in a whisper, as if he wanted to preempt any outbreak of panic, and Bambi, with some effort, kept control of himself. The elder looked at him. It seemed to Bambi at first, despite where he was, that the elder was gently mocking him. But then, straight afterwards, he seemed once more to be fully serious and benevolent. Bambi blinked as he looked over to where he stood, and felt there would be no longer he'd be able to stand being near something as horrifying as this. The elder seemed to understand what Bambi was thinking, and whispered, Let's go, and he turned around and left. They crept carefully away as the elder moved in strange zigzags, though Bambi couldn't understand why. Even now he found it hard to contain his impatience as he followed these slow steps. It had been his yearning for Falene that had driven him along the path to this place, and now the urge to flee was chasing through his veins. The elder, though, continued his slow walk, then stopped, listened, went on, still on a zigzag route, stopping again, went on, slowly, very slowly. They must by now have been well away from that place of terror. He keeps on stopping, so I suppose it'd be all right to start speaking again, and then I'll say thank you to him. He could see the elder just in front of him as he disappeared into a dense tangle of dogwood bushes not a leaf moved not a twig cracked as the elder stepped into it bambi followed him and tried very hard to pass through just as silently just as artfully to avoid making any sound but he didn't have that luck the leaves rustled gently Branches bent under the pressure of his flank flicked back again with a loud rattle. Dry twigs broke with quick, loud cracks against his breast. He saved my life, Bambi continued to ponder. What should I say to him? But the elder could no longer be seen. Bambi stepped very slowly out of the bushes and saw a tangle of golden rods in front of him raised his head and looked around. There was not a blade of grass moving for as far as he could see. He was alone. There was nothing now to tell him what to do, and the urge to flee quickly took hold of him. As he rushed through them, the golden rods were divided by a broad hiss, as if being cut down by a sigh. It was a long time, wandering lost in the forest before he found Feline. He was breathless and he was tired, but he was happy and deeply moved. Please, my love, he said, please, don't call to me when we're apart. Never call to me again. We can look for each other until we find one another, but please, don't call to me as your voice is something I can't resist. <laughs> wow! That's chapter 15. We'll move on to chapter 16 coming up on Saturday night as we continue our adventure with uh, Bambi. <laughs> cool beans. All right. I love this book. Hope you do, too. I will see you again on Saturday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time, wherever that is in your part of the earth. Please do like and subscribe and follow. We're on Rumble.com, of course, our main channel. Just hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free, and it really helps the show a lot. Uh, Facebook. Twitch.tv and YouTube. You can subscribe and follow over there, too, if you like. And, of course, our podcast. We take the audio part of our show, clean it up, and send it out as a podcast on all the platforms. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. You'll find us there. Just search for The Jay Sheldon Show. That one. All right. See you Saturday night. This is The Jay Sheldon